All right, guys, welcome back to The Business Shift. I'm so excited today because we are bringing on another guest. We have Sherry Staggs joining us, and I am so excited for this conversation. So Sherry founded Staggs Consulting, where they help and work alongside small businesses to help them stay compliant with their taxes and accounting. They work tirelessly to find proactive ways to mitigate their taxes, grow their business, and build tax-efficient wealth. I am so incredibly excited for this conversation because I'm curious about this topic. So let's cue the intro and then we'll dive in. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Sherry, welcome to the stream. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So let's dive in. Um, I want to know more about what your uh, consulting business is about and why you decided to start it. So if you follow me at all or in any of my Facebook groups, you would know I started my business as an experiment. Oh, nice. Okay. So you're going to love this, but... um. So then I say everything in my business is one big experiment. Right? <laughs> so I started as an experiment. I relate to that, like on a very like deep level. I'm like, I 100% agree with you because that's how I started mine too. <laughs> very messy action. But yep. like, right, like it just, you experiment, you try. Um, so what what I did, I was in the public accounting. I had my master's in accounting. Yeah. was pursuing getting my CPA license, but left the corporate world to be a stay-at-home mom. My husband wanted to start an engineering firm. Right around that time, Upwork was becoming popular. Yeah. Like three, four years ago. Um, so I was like, I'll, I have a professional background. I will go test it out for you and see if it works. It did. <laughs> so I started out solopreneur, um, which was kind of cool. 30000 for like a few hours a month was like great income yeah. as a stay-at-home mom. Right? Like, right. Um, super super great like work-life balance at that point but then we wanted to start scaling um so <laughs> at that point everything's an experiment it's all on me um but yeah I kind of fell back into it because um the reason the experiment worked on Upwork was because um and this was right before chaos ensued with um government and illnesses and stuff I, I don't want to get get you banned by saying a word but um, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, but that period, it was right before then. And um, so so that made it easier being a working mom from home with kids. But it also, our business is recession proof. Like we're doing something you need at any point in your business, beginning, middle, end, right? Um, and it's really hard to find someone who can see the global picture. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of fly by night bookkeepers. And I came in and said, Hey, I'm not your fly by night bookkeeper. And I didn't know that's what I was saying at that point. Again, messy action. And I was able to solve these problems. And I was doing just that. I was solving someone's problem. Um, so it worked unbeknownst to me. <laughs> it worked. 
So. Oh, I love that. Okay. I, I just, I relate to that too. Um, and I think that's super powerful that, you know, you still were able to move forward and that you, you created a business that is recession proof. And that is something that I'm actively solving people's problems. And that I think is the fundamentals when it comes to setting up a business that can be separate from yourself, because it's not just, you're building the business around yourself. You're building it around a problem. Yep. Well, and if you think about bigger businesses, right, they're not necessarily on Facebook adding friends and DMing, right? If you think about Google and things like that, that that's right. not how they're, they're marketing. Target's not in your no. Facebook inbox. No. Um, it's a great way to get started, but you also don't have to. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So you mentioned to me, right, that you left your full-time job. You now are operating these businesses. So where did you kind of find that courage to leave your job? I know a lot of people want to, right, but they never actually make that leap, right? Um, they kind of wait for situations to put, put them there. So like, how did you, you finally make that decision? I actually made it first. So I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I fell into business after that. So, um, and, but, but I think the important thing is there not to hear, oh, I just made a choice. I chose the life I wanted to live. Mm. So in the pursuit of that, getting really clear on what your, either your family's mission is, yeah, your goal, what you want to be doing, getting really clear on that and seeing that vision, money will follow. Money follows action. Right. Yeah. And and not only does it follow action, it follows decision. And I don't mean choice. I don't mean making the choice to leave your job. I'm going to leave my job a year from now. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. Decision is the bird say, think about three birds sitting on a fence. Yeah. Two decide to fly away. Are they still sitting on the fence? No. No. They decided to fly away. Right. So we decide we're going to live our best life now, whatever it is for you. Oh, wow. How did you get that clarity to go? Yes, this is the life that I want to live. I see so many people sit in that indecision of, is it really something that I want? Is it just an emotion? Am I just feeling weird at this time? How do you, how did you get to the point where you could go? Yes, this is what I want. It's a really good question. Um, I think it was years of culmination of choice. I, I want this to look different. I don't like the way this looks. I think this should look different. And then I encountered a life event Yeah. that I said, and mom, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to work for a little bit. Let's see. Right. Cause I did make good money. Corporate accounting right. makes decent, a decent income. So now, now I had to, my husband had a full-time job. I had a full-time job. It's the first time in our marriage. We actually both had a full-time job because we, he was pursuing yeah, right. a PhD. So like now we're two person income, like right. that was such a pay bump, um, which did give me the opportunity, but I'm, I'm sitting in daycare and like, yes, moms cry, like, but it was so heartbreaking and I, it just, it did not feel true to me. Yeah, It was not, I knew it wasn't the right choice for me and I was yeah. going to regret it. And for me as a mom, and I think this, this is true for a lot of moms in this situation, but um, you're sitting at your computer, you're doing work, your mind's on home. Mm-hmm. Now you're at home, finally, cooking dinner, whatever it is you're doing, your mind's on work. 
Mm. So you're never where your feet are. Yeah. So if you're, and when I was working nine to five, even without kids, I was never where my feet were. Yeah. Right. I was always daydreaming of, I would rather be doing this. I would, I would rather be doing, I would rather be outside because it's sunny. I was in Arizona at that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice and sunny. <laughs> I would rather be outside hiking or something. Um, and knowing that those are kind of red, red flags to say, I'm not living a fulfilled purpose mm-hmm. because if you're living a fulfilled purpose, you're going to get the work done and you're going to, and you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So we need to start addressing it. Maybe it's being more intentional with your time off and taking that hike. Cause I don't think everybody needs to be a business owner. Not right. everybody wants to. <laughs> yeah. Like sincerely. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're encountering this nine to five, I'm not where my feet are. So I'm spinning my, I'm wasting a lot of time, yeah. you know, playing my, my Minecraft or whatever, <laughs> um, the computer solitaire, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm a Minecraft person. Okay, work, <laughs> is, whatever it is. If you're daydreaming instead of doing your work, it, it's time to get really focused on what your why is. Yeah. And what you want that to look like. Yeah. Oh, I really, I really appreciate that insight. And so for someone who feels like they don't know what their why is, right. Or it's not connected to something that actually motivates them to change their situation. How would you recommend they go about creating something that will spark change in their, their, uh, environment? I would start with where you're at now. So put it on paper. What is my ideal day look like? If it doesn't look like getting up and first going to, I'm going to put a caveat. If it doesn't first get up and looking like going to work, is there something I want to be doing? Like I I would start with whatever it is you're wanting to do, but not doing. Mm -hmm. I would go try to do it. Yeah. I can almost guarantee if you're sitting there saying, I would rather be at the gym instead of at work, but you've never been to the gym in like the last five years. That's not a true desire. You're just wanting to do whatever success looks like for you. Oh, interesting. Right? So now the successful person goes to the gym in the morning. They have the 5 a.m. morning routine. Right. But if you've never gotten up 5 a.m., you have no desire to, just being successful isn't going to make you, the, it's not going to be in align with what you actually want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's not helpful to actually answer your right. question. But um, it, it's, try it. If it's something you want to do, try it. And as you try, as you experiment with what it is that you actually think success looks like, because we have to work through all those mental blocks. Yep. All of those ideologies that you've seen, all of the podcasts we've listened to when you're like, oh yeah, if I am miracle is going to change my life. Stopping sugar is going to change my life. Whatever it is that you think is going to change your life. Nothing's going to change your life, but action. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to step into it. That's the, you know, if, if you're dreaming of getting up early, get up early. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have to decide. Yeah. You're going to have to fly off the fence. Oh, I love that. It gave me chills. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. Um, So what would you say was one of the biggest differences between working a, a full-time job and owning a business? I'm curious to, to know because I've actually never worked a full-time job. And so curious to know what, differences on <laughs> what the differences on on your side of things when it comes to because b- full-time job and business because you, it's not necessarily the hours 
It's not necessarily hours. Sometimes you work more. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm working a lot more than I ever would at a full time job. You're like, I wish I had. A nine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, well, yeah, because like a nine to five, you show up, you're gonna get paid even if you have an unproductive day. Mm-hmm. If I have an unproductive day, it adds up potentially, right? Depending on how I've set the business up and at what what stage of business you're at. So as a solopreneur. You have an unproductive day you probably didn't get a deliverable out yeah right um so now day two you have maybe two deliverables to get out or you're having to restructure right. um but as a business owner you have a lot of flexibility so i have aging great my grandpa my husband's grandparents are aging so my kids great grandparents um and we're his family is like, I don't know how you guys find the time to go over there. What's well, a priority? It's a top priority, right? Life is short and they're at the end of their lives. Like, right. Life is so short. So it's a top priority to go. That, that's why we go over. Like that's how, that's how we make time. Right. But it's like Thursday at noon. It's, it's lunch on a Thursday, on a weekday. Right. Like, because we block it off on the calendars and we determine that we're going to do it. We decided that we're going to do it. Right. Um, so, so that's a bonus of being a business owner outside yeah. of an employee where um, I don't have to ask permission mm-hmm. to take off to go do that. I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I do have to plan ahead, yeah. whether that's with systems or contractors or team members mm-hmm. or finding a business that I can do the deliverable without showing up to. Right. Whatever that is. Um, there's a lot of different business options. But um, and, and I think that's the biggest shift between freelancer nine to five and business owner is I think a lot of times the freelancer sometimes still has the employee mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's a big shift with I can do it myself, I can do it myself, or I should be doing it myself nine to five because in a nine to five job, right, you can't hire an employee under you. Right. <laughs> Um, unless you've read four hour work week and then you're really done. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess, I guess you could, but um, I, in the four hour work week, he made the shift to, I'm not going to do it that way. Yeah. Um, where he took ownership of it. And as an employee, you're showing up, you're the one doing the work. Yeah. Um, it, it just changes the systems. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So we like to talk about on the business shift <laughs> difference between solopreneur and business owner, right? Where solopreneurs, it's me, myself, and I. Business owner is somebody who's operating a business that's separate from themselves, right? The identity is not built around there. So I would love to know if you think there is a difference um, and what that difference is to you, because I, I hear a lot of people using them interchangeably, uh, using the term of entrepreneur as the umbrella to like cover up both. And it's like, oh, you're just an entrepreneur. But I've worked it with people and, and started to see that there's stages that you go through as an overall entrepreneur. And the mm-hmm. solopreneur and business owner, in my opinion, are, are two different stages. So what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what what do you think is the difference if you think there is one? I like the difference and, and I still find myself somewhere really in between. Yeah. Right. Like I am still really involved in my business. Um, yeah. We're trying to clockwork it. We're paying attention to that. We're, we're paying attention to that, but 
you can you could make the shift a lot more quick quicker where you can shortcut it and get there Um, i think the main difference is whether or not you can take the owner out of the business and it's still operating right right like ultimately right if you can take the owner out and it's still operate then you have a business outside of being just a freelancer or entrepreneur but you entrepreneur it's it is a very vague word right but (laughs) entrepreneur who who owns businesses and they yeah. grow them, they solve the problems and they continue to right, rise up those businesses. Um, I like talking my hands a lot. Oh, <laughs> me too. Like all the time. <laughs> um, it's really funny. But, um, and I'm thinking of like how Alex Hormozy, yeah. him and his wife, right? They're building businesses. They're an entrepreneur. They're not a freelancer per se, but they are a business owner owning businesses mm-hmm. and growing them. They still do a lot of work in them. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't even know if I would like classify it as like what you're doing in the business. I would just say, yeah. can you, or are you going to remove the business, like the business owner from it? Um, if I'm showing up, I'm the face of it. And I'm the one doing deliverables, all the client meetings, all of that. I'm still really a solo, solopreneur. Right. right? Like it, right. it's, it's all around me. Um, and in my industry, we see this in, like CPA firms all the time. It's mm-hmm. because you're putting putting a professional designation attached to a person to run a business. Mm-hmm. So the trust is in that is in that person who holds the CPA. Mm-hmm. So they leave, the business is either handed over to another person. So, so you do still have a business, but it, it's at the um, trust of the business, the, the CPA designation, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not the trust of the business owner. So I, I think the, the simple dif- difference is if you can remove the business owner. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I think that that's super clear. Um, and so what would you say is the shift that was required of you to make as you are transitioning from solopreneur to business owner? You say you're kind of right in the middle. So what has been that shift that you're making? Yeah. And I think it's a, it's an ongoing shift. Yeah. I remember yeah. when it first, like when I first reached the, I'm not an employee standpoint, like I had the desire to not be an employee. I had, I had the desire, right. but your mindset has to catch up to that. And then right. you have to turn that into action. And I was on a call with a client and I was like, there's no way I can do everything you're wanting me to do. Yeah. Like I cannot serve you without having a contractor on your account. Yeah. And kind of had the conversation with him. But he's like, I expect you to have minions under you. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. Not that yeah, I, I, I do. But I needed the like mindset of, and that was like really when I first started my business. Right. I just didn't know. You don't yeah. know. Unless you're like, it have been in, absorbed by people like you mm-hmm. who are telling people in, offering this space to like really delve in if you didn't grow up in a family that was a business owner or you're not surrounded by business owners you don't know but you don't know and that's okay yeah but we have to work through it so that was the first like tipping point of right I can go back to running this as a business and not myself um but it's for me now it's still exercising the am I saying yes because I can do it or am I saying yes because my team can do it? Yeah. If I'm just right. saying yes because I can do it, it's probably not something I need to be saying yes to. 
Yeah. Because it doesn't support the mission of the business. It's like, it's going to be on my plate. Yeah. And that's not the benefit of the business. Right. So that's not where I'm at in my shift is I, I keep saying yes to projects and I'm like, my team can't do that. <laughs> Train them for that. Um, and I am. We're right. slowly growing. But um, so that's where I'm at in my shift is yeah. uh, at some point you have to say, you have to be very clear right. on what you say yes and no to. Right. Exactly. Oh, so that's very cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be selective in the opportunities that you choose to move forward on. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm, I love that. So kind of looking back now, as you've made, started to make this shift, like what advice would you give to someone looking to make that transition, right? Someone who is a, a solopreneur, but they know that they want to take their business beyond that. And I, I specify that because you do, I think as a solopreneur need to make that decision because you can totally stay as a solopreneur for the rest of your business life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it, but it's like, do you want the lifestyle and to move forward as a business owner? So what advice would you give to those people who do want that and are like, Oh, I just, I have such a hard time giving up control. I don't even know where to start with hiring. How would you, uh, recommend they make that transition? So I coach other bookkeepers to do what I'm doing too. And I hear that all the time. How do I give up control? Cause with accounting, you want it to be right. And giving up that control um, means you really need to work on processes and systems yeah. for quality control. So if it's, right. if, if it's giving up control, what is it that you're giving up control on? Is mm -hmm. it the review process or is it the joy of doing the work? If it's the joy of doing the work, you might need to continue being a freelancer or limit the projects you take on. I'm thinking of Mike Michalowicz. He did, um, You'll, you'll hear in a couple of his books where he um, built, what was it? He had like a crime scene. Yeah. But whatever, whatever it was, um, business. And he actually enjoyed doing that. So he enjoys working on projects. He's right. very selective in what he takes on. Yeah. But he had like, he's clockwork his business. He clockworks all the new businesses he starts. Right. And he just takes on the projects he wants to do. And it doesn't disrupt the system. Yeah. So you have to recognize what is it that you're wanting to do? What is that quality control? Um, but it's going to start with mindset. Yeah. Deciding that's what you want to, it to look like and then putting it on paper and executing. It, it's as simple as deciding that you're going to be a business owner and not a freelancer. Mm. Yep. Like it, it's as simple as deciding because action, like you can't decide and not take action or you didn't decide. Uh -huh. You right? decided for the other thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You decided yeah. to see what. Mm. I love that. Uh, yeah. That's very good. Okay. That sounds awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Like you're just dropping like knowledge bombs, like left and right. Like I'm getting chills all the time. So, okay. So now let's dive into your specific expertise with accounting, bookkeeping. I'm excited for this too. Um, so you mentioned that you're not a fly by night bookkeeper and you do a lot of correcting of bad bookkeeping. So when businesses need to shift, right, it's really helpful to know the numbers, I'm assuming, driving that shift. So what are the most important numbers to track as a business? Yeah, so when we do forecasting, um, we want to put that cost of employee, cost of replacing you on paper. We want to see it. We want to make sure the business can sustain it or you're going to, it's going to be so much. I, I have seen business owners leave their nine to five, not ready to support the workload mm -hmm. um, 
financially. So like they're in a business where they have to use employees. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different industries where like if you own a plumbing business, this mm-hmm. is just a random example. If you don't know plumbing, you have to have someone that knows plumbing, right? Right. Like, you're just a business owner. Um, and to make that shift, and that's an actually valid option. If you're looking, yeah. if you know, I just want to be a business owner, start a business in an industry, you know, but that you don't have the skills to actually do the deliverable. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> just a tidbit there. It will make sure that you really are uh, not uh, like a solopreneur. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to, you're going to manage the business. So you'll need to exercise that skill set. But when we're, right. we're looking at numbers, we are going to look at the all of the labor costs associated with that employee and project it out. Yeah. Same with freelancer. Depending on your industry, you have different options on, are you hiring a contractor? Are you hiring another freelancer? Are you hiring an employee? Yeah. And states matter too, things like that. All of those numbers we can play with, but bookkeeping, when you're, I'm going to call it 240, under 240,000 kind of sole proprietorship, you might have, a couple of contractors, you might have a couple of employees, but you're still really the deliverable. Like you're still making sure it gets executed. You're still the networking. You're still that person. Right. Right. Um, Bookkeeping for you is very much historical. Mm -hmm. Um, You might be able to do it. You might have needed to outsource it already. And that's going to be very basic historical. For instance, if I were doing the bookkeeping, we're going to come in, you'll have financials by the 20th, but you're looking at them after the fact. Yeah. The month is already over. You're now halfway through another month and now you're looking at the financials. Um, right. So it's just really delayed. Um, but it's fine for the solopreneur typically, um, especially if they have a really good communication with the bookkeeper um, right. and the bookkeeping, like we keep the books up to date. We get in daily every other day and code yep. transactions, right? We use QuickBooks nice. online. You can get in, you can see it, um, but it's not done until the 20th of the month. So we can right. make the process. As you start to become a business owner, there's more tasks, there's more moving pieces. So you might have more accounts payable. So bills to pay. Um, you might have started doing net 30, net mm-hmm. 60 day terms so that you can hang on to cash a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to want someone to manage that. Mm-hmm. You're going to now have payroll if you're not already a sole, uh, an S-corp as a freelancer right? doing payroll, right? Like now you might have more demands on payroll where now you're looking at, because you're moving to a business, you're looking at the company culture with payroll. Yep. So you had contractors, but now we're, now we care about that culture for the employees. We care about time off. We care about benefits. Yep. We care about... Um, the mission of the yep. business, whereas a sole prop, it's we just solve this problem. Right. It's a business. No, we have a brand. We have a culture. We have a desire on how we how we show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to support that with the employees. Um, we also want to start planning for the future. We want to make sure we can pay the employees uh, maybe Christmas bonuses. We want to pay them six months from now. Um, we want to adjust for sick time and time off. Right. So it's a very drastic shift in just how we approach the mechanics yeah. um, that show up in bookkeeping. Right. So it, it's really still the business mechanics. Right. Like for instance, we come in as part of a team, <laughs> like we're, yeah. we're a team member an outsourced team member, 
because now you have more mechanics that we care about. Right. Um, so it's so much more than bookkeeping. It's so much more than accounting. It's we're really another business team member or professional in your, in your corner um, because there's so many more moving pieces. Right. Okay. That's very interesting. And so it sounds like as you make that shift from going from solopreneur to business owner, it's a lot more long-term, right? Looking at it, we need these funds. We're trying to plan six months ahead, 12 months ahead or whatever, instead of just like, okay, we're just tracking it kind of on the month to month type basis. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I see a lot of freelancers and this isn't true for all of them. So if you're like, I'm on it, I'm future (laughs) forecasting, I'm great. Great. That's actually really smart to do as a freelancer and solopreneur. But what we find um, with insurance agents, with real estate agents, um, freelancers, um, whatever they're doing, they're typically doing what's called bank balance bookkeeping. Yep. I've got a thousand bucks in my account. (laughs) I'm going to spend until it's gone. Um, Or I, you know, I can do math on that much money. Um, But now we're thinking, really preparing for taxes, really planning ahead. And we, mm-hmm. we want to stay on top of what does that cash flow look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are ways we can increase the cash flow? Maybe you need funding. Yeah. Maybe you need to start utilizing business credit um, right. so that you're not using your own personal credit card. Um, so if you're a freelancer using your own personal credit card, you might consider making sure you have an EIN so you can use <laughs> business credit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Reminder there, um, that is the glorious um, benefit of being an LLC, um, right. you know, just the liability, right? So, um, and, and not just a sole prop, right? Right. So um, lots of moving pieces, bank balance too. Let, let's plan farther ahead than we were as a freelancer. Mm, I love that. Okay, that, that sounds awesome. So what does um, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, what are some of the, the fundamentals of bad bookkeeping and what do they look like to you? Oh, that can vary so widely. Um, yeah. I see people doing their, so number one thing is not reconciling on a monthly basis. And that least, means like, that good question. Um, that means whatever's in your accounting system, does it match the bake? Exactly. Got it. If there's any differences, do we know what they are? That could be like you wrote a check to a contractor and they haven't cashed it yet. Mm. Like a difference. Um, but we want to make sure whatever's in the accounting system and whatever's in the bank match. Yeah. Um, it's really easy in most accounting softwares to enter stuff and have duplicates. Um, yeah. So we, we check for that. Um, it really messes with your head on, wait, where is money at? And, and you might be surprised that you have more money than you think you can spend because you have something duplicated and you're like, has that cleared yet? Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's, it's going to look like you have more expenses. Um, yeah. The other thing we see is using personal accounts that aren't connected to the accounting software mm. and missing out on large amounts of deductions. So, oh, interesting. Right. So if you're swiping, you're, let's say you're a freelance um, event person, you do events um, and you use your personal card to go purchase stuff from Target Walmart to throw this, throw this event. Yep. It's not going through the business account. Your accountant might not see it. Right. Unless you tell them you're going to be missing out on, Oh, it's just, it's just five bucks. That adds up throughout the year. Right. Right. Um, And and I'm just guessing, right. Like making up an example, but it it does. The software adds up because you started the business and you put it on your personal account because you had no money. 
in the business account. So now you have Adobe in your personal account. Right. We want to capture that and we want to try to transfer it over. So if you're giving us a long list of Adobe, Microsoft, we're going to be like, you might transfer those over. Yeah. Um, right. but, but having someone when you're busy f- fulfilling your business, running your business, showing up for your business, because we do want you showing up. Yep. Whether you're a business owner or a freelancer, we want you showing up to right. go thrive, go do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, so then we're just looking out for you, whether it's historical or we do it more frequently. Um, so not reconciling, commingling is what that that personal transaction is. And that can look both ways. So swiping yeah. the card at Target for groceries from right. your business account, like that adds up to. Um, I just had someone. They're like, I have $30,000 of profit. Where did it go? It actually went to, it could have gone to Disneyland. It went to this draw, this other draw. You paid off some debt. It, it adds up. Yeah. So, um, anything you take out is considered profit. Um, right. After that, um, those are the top top two Yeah. Um, outside of just sheer neglecting it. Right. Okay. So yeah. how, how would a business start tracking their numbers, their accounting, if they've never done it before, right? It could probably be pretty daunting to like get in there. It can be. Um, and it can be really daunting to learn a new software. Um, I yeah. do recommend QuickBooks online. Yeah. There is zero. There's Wave. Um, yeah. Wave is free. So yeah. if you're like, I will not pay for anything, Get into Wave. I do also have a YouTube video showing the yeah. difference between Wave and QuickBooks if you want to check it out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry. Just read them. No, I'll, I'll drop the YouTube video here in the description. Like, cool. that sounds awesome. Yeah, they definitely can check it out. Um, so you can see them side by side. Wave is free if you need something. I don't really care for the reporting of it. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's really manual, kind of clunky. Um, but does it work for the really s- small freelancer? Absolutely save your money. You can right. use that. Um, outside of that, if we're looking at invoicing clients or streamlining mm-hmm. some of the whole process of the business, QuickBooks Online does have enough and enough people know it. This is why I still use it. Enough people know it that you can come to me and your tax professional, me and your CFO. Um, if you're not using us for CFO, us and your business consultant, they can all get into QuickBooks Online and see it. So whoever you're okay. consulting right? Like it's a pretty well-known software Yeah, that you're going to always have someone who can use it. That, that's how I still stick with it versus like zero. Not everyone can use it. I've used it. I love it. Um, but we use QuickBooks online just to streamline our systems and streamline yeah. yours so much connects to it. So we can probably streamline your invoicing or third-party apps like with it. Right. Um, but even if you're getting started, I would even go to QuickBooks online. There's a ton of tutorials. Um, If you want help signing up, I can probably get you a discount through our partners, through myself, all of those things. Um, Nice. Feel free to reach out. Yeah. But but sincerely, like QuickBooks online, if you needed to sign up there, and there's tons of tutorials that walking you through how to set it up. Right. Get started connecting your bank. Um, That way, so if you connect your bank, right, it's going to bring in all your transactions. Right. And from there, you're just going to, this was marketing, this was advertising. Like you can make this really simple. It's not overcomplicated. Yeah. 
Um, but that's what I would do. That's like your first step. And I would start, you know, we're still pretty early in 2023. I would start as of 2023. Right. One, one, bring it all in. It'll take you a few hours. Um, if you start having, like, if you're selling on Etsy, want to connect that, you have an e-commerce store, want to connect that. Um, you're an interior designer using a third-party app. Yeah. Um, I have a mechanic using a third-party app. Any of those things that you want to connect, um, you probably can. I would find someone on YouTube who knows it or a podcast who knows it or reach out for help because um, you can mess those things up pretty quickly. Right. Um, and then you're creating a bigger mess. Um, but I would connect it and I would spend um, after that, after you set it up, if you're wanting to do it yourself, which I only recommend to a point. <laughs> right. There's a point where, uh, what, what is that point where it's like, okay, I need to now like hire this out. I would say if you can't quickly get it set up to a point, and I mean quickly, like if you're spending more than 10 hours mm-hmm. getting one month done, it's time to outsource. Yeah. So whether that's 10 hours because you don't know what you're, you're not really familiar with it and it's just creating frustration. Right. Um, or more than 10 hours because of the workload. Right. Of transactions, connecting, manually doing stuff, whatever it is. If you're spending more than 10 hours on your bookkeeping, it's time to outsource it. Yes. Um, that's just, it's too much for you to be doing. Um all respect to do it, but like you're giving up time with family. You're not going on the hikes. Like that, that's a lot of hours a month. Yep. To go devoted to bookkeeping if your business isn't bookkeeping. Right. So yeah. um, that's the time threshold. Outside of that, anytime you feel like there, there's something not right. So in QuickBooks, you'll have like QuickBooks balance and your bank yeah. balance. If those are off, consistently, routinely, it's time to get help. If you have something that's like, this doesn't seem to be working, it's time to get help. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, so you get everything set up, you've decided, I don't quite need help yet. I'm going to try this on my own. Um, What I would do on a monthly basis is I would reconcile, I would code all the transactions. So I'm going to say, this was a deposit from Susie Clark for landscaping. This was right. whatever income. This was the expenses. I'm going to physically go hit reconcile. I'm going to make sure it matches. I'm going to pull the bank statement, make sure QBO and the bank statement match. Um, and that's really as simple as it, as it can be. Right. We review it. We make sure everything's right from an accounting standpoint. Um, but on a simple basis, you're going to just code stuff to income or expenses mm-hmm. or equity. If it's a personal expense, yeah. um, if you need help getting set up, you can obviously get help set up. Um, yeah. I have trading options. Um, we prefer to take it on if we're going to take it on just in case anyone's listening and they're like, hey, I would really like to not have to do that. Um, yeah. We'd love to take it just all on for you. Um, oh, that's awesome. It's more efficient that way, typically for most people. Um, yep. but yeah. If you're anywhere from five to 10 hours, um, depending on how much you actually have, it's time to outsource it. Oh, I love it, man. This has been such an awesome podcast. So I've got one last question for you and it would be how, and we've kind of covered touch little pieces and parts in this, but how do you manage your funds? as a solopreneur versus a business owner? And like, what are some of those like key differences? 
key differences. Um, some of the key differences from a business to solopreneur is going to actually be your accounting method. Mm-hmm. So for freelancers, we are typically cash basis, um, meaning that money comes in, money goes out. It's only recorded from a tax standpoint, money in, money out mm-hmm. in the calendar year. So you sent an invoice December 31st. They didn't pay it till January 31st. It's counted as income default in, for January 31st, not December. Ah, uh, yep. Whereas in a business, if we've now elected to go to an accrual method of accounting, and there's lots of reasons to do so. Um, because if it, most businesses are looking potentially to become legacy businesses mm-hmm. or to be sold, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you're gonna, right. If, you're, if you're moving to sell the business or hand the business off to like a, um, a, a heir of some sort, right. um, we might move to accrual just because what that's going to do is go, it's going to match income to revenue or yeah. sorry, revenue to expenses. Meaning that if you had an expense December 31st and income December 31st, regardless of when it was paid mm-hmm. or received, we're going to match them together for yeah. December. What that does is that makes a very continued, um, more consistent financial statement so that right. we can see your cash flow better. Yeah. Because um, you don't want to see, like, say I had an electric bill, a rent bill. July 31st and July 1st. Those are both going to be on the financial statements for the same month. Yeah. But right. one might have been for June or one might be for August. It just, it was every 30 days. Yeah. Right. So that just smooths it out is what accrual does. Um, yeah. There are some tax advantages of doing it that way um, because you might have more expenses grouped in. Um, right. You might also have more revenue. So Depending on how it it works, uh, I would consult your tax preparer, your tax expert on that um, to see if it's a good fit. But that's going to be the number one difference. The number two difference is going to be how you manage cash flow for projection purposes. So your your Mm -hmm. reserve um, days in cash on hand. Um, We want to know how much cash you have right now or that's coming in. How long will that last you? Is it yeah. just days? Is it one week? Hopefully it's a lot longer than that. Maybe it's right. 30, 60, 90 days, yeah. or maybe six months. Um, depending on your financial goals, we want to plan for those big expenses. We want to plan for business growth. We yeah. want to plan for the vehicle purchase, right? Uh, new building, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's those are metrics that we start considering. So mm-hmm. how much cash do you have on hand? What is your turnover for receivables? How often do you get paid? Um, so we just start looking at metrics more for business. Right. Mm, I love it. Well, this has been so incredibly helpful. So if there are people that are like, this sounds amazing, but I don't want to do it. Where can they connect with you and your business, your team? Um, where can they find you and connect with you? Um, the easiest way is probably going to be through my website or directly through email. So www.stagsconsulting.com. Beautiful. Or um, you can physically email me, sherry at stagsconsulting.com. So awesome. Still an email managed by me. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. This has been such a powerful, just impactful podcast. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? 
No, I think the theme wound up being decide. Um, yeah. You want to make the change, just decide and go do it. Get off yes. the fence. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and cue the outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.